Mm-hmm. I think just observing yourself on a longer term basis will get you closer to your why and your purpose. You're listening to Share, Inspire, Repeat, where we explore uplifting, inspiring, and unique stories from around the planet. Things we're doing as human beings that you'll want to talk about that make us better people. A little dose of positivity in your day? Coming right up. And now for your host, AJ Mises. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Share, Inspire, Repeat. My name is AJ Mises, and it's great to have you back on the show with us. Actually, I should say, I just got back from a vacation. I was in Palm Springs with some friends last week, just recharging the batteries. It was my first vacation that I'd had in over a year, and I'm so excited to have these batteries recharged so that I can continue to have these great conversations with great people like our amazing guests that we have on the show today. But before I bring her on stage, just a quick reminder, remember those subscriptions to the podcast, your reviews that you leave on the podcast are so crucial and making sure that we can get this out there. So please, I know how many of you listen to this. There's thousands of us. And so we would love for everybody to write a review. So if you haven't done it already, even something like, I love the episode, something really simple and easy is great to help spread the word and get share, inspire, repeat to more folks. So let me talk to you about the guest today. So our guest today is Lynn Yap. And Lynn is the founder of Activate Network, whose mission is to increase the inclusion of women in technology and entrepreneurship. And she started her career as a corporate attorney. She graduated from the Wharton School of uh, Business with an MBA and worked in investment banking and innovation strategies. So really awesome background. And what's cool is that her curiosity led her to write about businesses as a force for good, which as you know, is the motto for Share, Inspire, Repeat. And so she'd written a book called The Altruistic Capitalist. And it's a culmination of conversations with leaders at for-profit corporations, entrepreneurs, and investors, and of course, her personal experience. So I'm excited to welcome Lynn to the show. Lynn, welcome. Thank you so much, AJ. I'm so excited to be here today. Yeah, me too. Me too, me too. So tell me, like, how did you get into this work? How did you leave the investment banking world and start to work on the altruistic capitalist? And why is this important to you? Oh, yes. Thank you. Good question. So my journey is, I guess, a slightly longer one. I was in investment banking. This was May of, let me take you back to May of 2012. I was working on the IPO for Facebook. And at that point in time- I think I'm familiar with them. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, Great company. And at that point in time, my grandmother got sick actually. And the doctor said that she might not make it. Uh, She lived in Malaysia at the time. And of course, I'm in New York. And so I went to my manager and said, look, I want to go back. This is the situation. And without skipping a beat, he said, well, you just can't go. And I was like, yeah, this is my grandmother. I really want to go back and say goodbye to her. And he said, look, this is a really big deal for us. And we can't risk that the execution doesn't go well. You can't go. So I was torn between the duty to my family and commitment to work. And ultimately, in the end, I was working on the Facebook deal for a long time. In the end, I chose to stay. Facebook went public. The deal went well for the way we executed it. My grandmother passed away, and I wasn't able to make it back for a funeral. So so that's... uh, 
No, thank you for saying that. So that's what happened. And I felt really ashamed and guilty for a while. And so soon after that, I left investment banking. What came up for me at that time was, okay, we say people are the heart of our business. But when I study the rows of financial data and look at all the financial statements, we don't see, we don't really put the people at their center of we don't see that in the rows of financial statements, right? People may be the heart of our business, but we don't see the impact on the actions that we have on the people and our culture. So I left investment banking and started to invest more time in investing in community work and impact projects. I first went into working with innovation at Estee Lauder, and then after that moved on to Adidas. And so this has been a gradual process into working in impact work until last year. What happened was, you know, with COVID, two things happened. I saw all the issues that were coming, that were accelerating things like diversity, healthcare, education, and the role that businesses could do in order to make an impact and solve some of the problems that we're seeing in these areas. And then two, how companies, both public and private organizations, were coming together to work on providing devices, providing vaccines and developing vaccines, and how quickly we were able to solve these problems if we work together. And so I thought, I'm going to put together all my research as well as my personal experience into his book, which then culminated into The Altruistic Capitalist. So... I hope that answers that question amazing. in a nutshell. <laughs> no, that's amazing. That's awesome. And I didn't work at Facebook during the IPO, but I know how crazy it was just when I was there and I was hearing stories about that process. But no excuse for you not to be able to go see your grandmother. I'm so sorry about that. But that speaks a lot to the importance of culture and the mm-hmm. importance of organizations, to your point, are looking out for people first and are a force for good and not just a force for the bottom line. Mm-hmm. So I hear that kind of as a TLDR in that experience of yours. So I'm curious, like in your work now, working with companies and working with leaders and you know this ethos behind writing your book, what's one common myth that people have around businesses as a force for good? I guess for a long time, this is partly thanks to Milton Friedman in an article from the New York Times in the 1970s, that the sole responsibility of businesses is to produce profit. Now, going back to the story with my grandmother, now, if we don't take care of our people, we won't be able to take care of the bottom line, right? We need to take care of all the different stakeholders and businesses. So that's employees, that's the suppliers, vendors that we work with, that's the investors as well. I mean, they still come into that equation. We always have to take care of investors, but not to the exclusion of the other stakeholders of the business. So again, employees, vendor suppliers, even the communities that businesses work in, that's also another stakeholder that's important to business and customers. Sorry, that's the other one that I shouldn't miss. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of leaders... Well, I'll say some leaders get it right, (laughs) Um, but a lot of leaders don't. Mm -hmm. And what's your message to the leaders who just want to like run a simple quote unquote diagnostic to find out whether or not their business is a force for good or not? I'm going to borrow an example that I got from one of the interviews I conducted for my book. This is from Bill Simpson. He is the retired president of the Hershey Entertainment and Resorts Company. Wow. Yeah, out in Pennsylvania. 
And what he did was he ran the five whys question. Why is it that his team wants to increase profit, wants to increase sales for this year? And, you know, you repeat that question multiple times and he finally came to the last why and all of his team said, well, we want to help the Hershey School. Now, if you don't know, the Hershey School was founded by the founder, Milton Hershey, way back when. And it's a school for, it's a free school for orphan children. And right now it's still a free school for marginalized children. And his team all decided this is what their purpose is. They want to increase sales. They want to grow the business in order that these children can continue to have equal opportunity and, and access to education. And I think that's a nice exercise to test your team to understand whether or not people know what your purpose is. And if that purpose is something that helps the community, something that helps your employees feel engaged to do meaningful work. I love that. I love that. And answering that question, I think it's like five times, right? You're supposed to ask why, why, mm-hmm. why, why? And yes. getting to that ethos or that genesis behind why we're doing what we're doing and then reverse engineering how you get there. Not right. just, oh, it's to make 80% profit margins or whatever it is. And that really helps guide the how, which I love this example because I think it speaks to what a lot of corporations miss. And oftentimes it's the... CEO or a C-suite leader who may not be great at getting that surface or that under the surface level why companies are doing what they're doing. And then having that formulate how we treat each other, what we're working on, the goals mm-hmm. we set. And mm-hmm. I, I just I think that's a really great example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. let's switch gears here a little bit because you're quite accomplished, my friend, having <laughs> worked on a <laughs> I mean, just a little bit that I know about you about the Facebook IPO. You went to business school, you worked in investment banking, I'm sure, and a lot of other deals. And you're talking with a lot of leaders. So what's the number one thing that people need to know about setting themselves up for success in their careers and what they do? Especially to create impact as well as profit. Now, you can never take out profit. I think it's important to have that in order that you can create impact, right? And so the three things, the three ingredients, if you will, to have both of these elements is, I think, firstly, mindfulness. And that goes back to reflecting, understanding what your purpose is, knowing what your values are, that then more or less creates your North Star so that you have, you can develop the strategy, you can develop the goals in order to get there. Mm-hmm. And then the second element is curiosity. I th- Take that as like the toolbox. Be like a scientist. Be like a five-year-old. You know, keep asking questions. Keep testing assumptions. One entrepreneur, social entrepreneur, I interviewed. Her name is Lati Golden, and her organization is called Pass. She brings displaced professionals, uh, refugees, to increase the diversity of tech talent within companies. And instead of seeing them as people who need our charity and deserve our pity or something. It's like, look, these are people who can bring economic value to organizations. So she flipped it on its head and say, these people can actually help your organization and create enormous economic value for you. And how she did was, was she went into refugee camps and she just kept asking questions. What is the problem that we need to solve? And I think that's so powerful rather than assume, okay, this is how we're going to solve the refugee crisis. She actually went in 
to the refugee camps, spend time with them, understood like what it takes to train them and to connect them to companies in order to solve this issue, both from company diversity perspective, as well as from these refugee perspective. So that's the second ingredient, the curiosity toolbox. I love that. And then the third element is grit. And I think to develop grit, we need to develop partnerships and collaborate with each other. That's what I saw when this whole COVID thing started, that when public and private organizations collaborate and work together, we can scale so much faster and we can develop solutions so much faster. And so those are the three ingredients that I think we need to have in order to have positive as positive social impact as well as profit. So mindfulness, curiosity, and collaboration. I love that. I love, love, love that. And I think you make a really great point, which is those three things absolutely need to be there. But first, you really have to understand your why and your values and your North Star. I was maybe to add to your color a little bit. I was talking with a client a couple of weeks ago and he was interested in some coaching. And we kept getting back to this point that he felt a lot of comparison that was happening. Oh, I see my friend going and doing this, or I see a former colleague doing this over at this company and getting promoted and all these things. What should I be doing? What's important to me? And should I be doing this? What if I think this thought about wanting to go pursue this other career path and all of those things? And the struggle really was that he didn't have a set of things, a set of values that were important to him. So that he wasn't mm-hmm. making choices that mm-hmm. were by you know what someone over here on the side was doing or an, a friend was doing. And his definition of success was just what he was seeing other people do. And so mm-hmm. it was really taking a pause to understand, hey, mm-hmm. what's important to you with how you live your life? What's important to you about your work? What's important to you about the leader you work for? What does the structure of the work look like? And all of that stuff. Just because if he was constantly looking at Susie Q, who was getting mm-hmm. all the time and chasing that dream because he viewed that value system as being most important to him, when in fact, that's not really a value that he has you can lead yourself down a path that is not you. And you've Mm -hmm. you've built a whole life and a whole career around things that you think are quote unquote good for you, but aren't really good because you haven't done the work to think about what those values are. Right, right, exactly. And it's not like you just think about it and you wake up and like, all right, this is my values. (laughs) 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 This is is what my purpose is. I think it's a bit of a process. And so I didn't elaborate too much earlier, but after I left investment banking and before I got to activate network and the altruistic capitalist, I did a couple of experiments myself to understand, all right, what is really important to me? And this, again, with the different leaders that I interviewed and also through research, there's a lot of reflection. So some people do it through meditation. Some people do it through journaling. Some people do it just through sports, you know, having that space on a daily basis to think, okay, what triggers me? What gets me excited? What brings me joy every day? Where am I most creative? I think just observing yourself on a longer term basis will get you closer to your why and your purpose, which then I think solves a lot of questions further down the road. And everyone is unique. Everyone is different. There is no should like, oh, you should be doing this because everybody has their own path, their own way. Yes, yes. And I would even add to that, like if you are thinking the should, I should be doing this or I should have done that, where Mm -hmm. does that come from? 
like who taught you that, who told you that, and and, and, <laughs> and examining the system by which that that construct is created, right? Because a mm-hmm. lot of times, maybe you saw this when you were talking to leaders, but a lot of times when I would talk to folks around how they've constructed their path, it's because of a value system that was created for them or mm-hmm. maybe even ad- inadvertently by them, but actually isn't valuing and isn't true to who that person is. Mm-hmm. Um, and being a little selfish about creating your values and what's important to you and not thinking, okay, well, what is my spouse going to think? Or what are my mom Mm -hmm. and dad going to think if I make this decision? What do you think? What's important to you? And I love that. Your example of like, you know, it's a process. It takes a while. Meditation, journaling, asking yourself questions around what you loved and loathed in your day Mm -hmm, and seeing, mm -hmm. seeing what clues come out of that. Yeah, I have this journaling practice. So a couple of things that I note down is like, okay, what did I learn today? That's one. Second thing is like, what triggered me today? And if you watch this point, like what triggered me today, sometimes they recur and maybe you should pay attention to those triggers, right? Like for me, it was writing. Someone had told me a couple of years ago, oh, have you thought about writing a book? And then I was just like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and that probably came up like two or three times. And then just before COVID, I think in January of last year, someone recommended me a publisher. And it's like, hey, you know, I just connected with this publisher. Maybe you should talk to them. And I was like, Eh. <laughs> but still, <laughs> I did in the end take the call, which oh, also then added to the point like, okay, I guess I'm writing a book now because I got really excited on that call. So I think that's the second thing that you want to note down when you journal. And thirdly, what do I want to experiment on? Mm. Like, what is it that you want to test out? What is it that you want to learn? And all of those eventually gives you a little bit more clarity as to what your purpose is, what your values are too. Yeah. I love that last question. What do you want to experiment on? I had not heard that journal prompt before. I might add that. (laughs) That's great. You journal too then? I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I have like three notebooks on my desk. One is like the Mm -hmm. to-do list, you know, all that stuff. And then the other is like a journal book. And then the other is my client book. Okay. Um, So I love that. Cool. Okay. So let's switch gears a little bit. I'm curious in your book, I'm sure they were all very fascinating, all of the interviews that you did, but who's one person that just really brought you to a new sense of enlightenment that you talked to and why? Oh, that is a hard one to just pick I one know, because all, all, all of them were quite fascinating to me. I'm going to bring it back to Lati Golden because she embodies a lot of the three ingredients that I mentioned, you know, that curiosity that I talked about earlier. She's also very intentional and very thoughtful as to what she wants to do. And the other thing is what she said that made me think is this is something that affects a lot of entrepreneurs. She said that it doesn't matter how slowly you go, as long as the wheel keeps turning in the right direction, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if we're thinking about solving for inequality, if we're thinking about solving for the climate, these are really big problems that take a long time to change the status quo. And she said, you just have to focus one step at a time you know, reflect, be grateful as to what you've achieved today, because as long as you're moving in the right direction, that's all that matters. It's better than going in the reverse. Mm -hmm. So don't be, don't be impatient about creating impact. Just make sure that you're putting one foot in front of the other. And I think that helps with overcoming a lot of obstacles and challenges along the way too. Because it becomes like, if you think, oh my gosh, there's so much 
inequality of that so much of climate change that we need to solve so much more recycling and so much ocean waste and that kind of thing we will just give up because the problem seems too big mm-hmm. but if we focus just one step at a time and we're pushing that wheel in that right direction the direction of our north star i think that helps with our purpose and achieving our purpose I love that. I say this a lot to people I coach too. It's like, what would be A to B instead of A to Z? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's just like one first step that you could take towards that to develop the momentum to keep going to tackle the big thing? Right. That yeah. can sometimes yeah, yeah. be so daunting. So I love that. So, oh my gosh, I feel like I could talk to you all day. There's probably so much wisdom that you have. But in our short time together, we always ask people this question, which is how can people continue to bring more good into their lives? What would be your recommendation? Uh, We're a part of this big organism that is humanity. We are investors, we are consumers, we are employees. Think if we are intentional about who we buy from, which supermarket we go to, which companies we work for, who we work with, which companies we invest in. I think all of that helps push the agenda forward in terms of business as a force for good. So be intentional and be conscious as to where we spend our time on and who we spend our time with. I love that. Being intentional about where you're spending your time and your money with. (laughs) Yes, exactly. That's great. Cool. Well, I am so excited for your book to come out. Lynn, tell us more about where listeners can connect with you online. Yes, thank you very much. Well, I'm on thealtruisticcapitalist.com. On Instagram is altruisticcapitalist. You can also email me, lynn at altruisticcapitalist.com. And yeah, you can find my book on all the usual places, Apple, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kobo. Amazing. Is it already already out? It's out, yeah. It's out. Yes. And for the month of May, it's on the ebook version on Amazon is at a promotion price of 99 cents. Oh my gosh. Go get it. There's no excuse. 99 cents. (laughs) All right. Well, Lynn, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. I've just really appreciated all of the wisdom and I'm sure that your book is packed with other amazing things that people can learn from. So thank you again for being a guest on the show today. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. All right, everybody. That was another episode of Share, Inspire, Repeat. I'm AJ Mises. That was Lynn Yap. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Share, Inspire, Repeat with AJ Mises. Interested in sharing a story or being a guest on the show? Visit shareinspirerepeat.com to introduce yourself or to submit a story. You can also check out more details from this episode by visiting shareinspirerepeat.com. 